Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. Yeah, you are tuned to Pay FM 999, and we will be playing the news at 10 o'clock this morning. Sorry for that little hiccup, and I do want to congratulate Mia Armitage from Community Newsroom, who won uh, the CBAA Award at the uh, awards uh, on the weekend for her work uh, as a news reporter. I can't remember the ex- exact title of the award, but well done to Mia, and a good job too. So uh, we will uh, we'll play her news report at 10 o'clock this morning. You are now tuned to Future Sense here with myself, Nick Jeans, and Steve McDonald over there on the other side of the console. Um, as I said at the top of the show, um, it would seem from any perspective that anybody, or arguably anybody, would take right now is that uh, our relationships to reality, to the many things that are occurring in our personal lives, right through to the political, to to the global, um, uh, are, are different and very hard to make sense of. And we've got the whole issue of fake news and what is fake news really and the issue just in the last week or so in the White House uh, press gallery with uh, Trump uh, ejecting the CNN reporter Jim Acosta uh, for asking uh, rude questions and then seemingly um, uh, a video of the exchange uh, between himself and a White House intern who was charged with uh, removing the microphone with Jim Acosta seems to have been doctored to some degree to make it look like uh, Jim Acosta was um, accosting the White House intern, that seems to be completely untrue. So what is truth? What is fake and what is real? That's all very difficult to understand. And with our relationship to such things as the terrorist uh, attack, if you could call it that, in uh, in Melbourne, for example, in our relationship to, uh, to, to war and to the military, to Armistice Day, to what we have learned or haven't learned from, uh, from uh, uh, the battles of the last century. Uh, all these things and the many, many other issues that occur in our personal lives and right through to what's happening and the levels of governance in our societies seem to be very, very confusing. So we're going to make a little bit of sense of this hopefully for you this morning and uh, go through some of the the value systems that uh, that inform the way that different people approach different things in their realities. Yeah, we'll go for a bit of a walkthrough of uh, the human value systems that Claire Grace documented in his research findings mm. and uh, get some idea of how the people who are operating from these different value sets interpret the world and how their underlying frameworks at a subconscious level shape the way that they expect to interact with other people even before they do. Yeah. Uh, and that might add a, a little bit of sense-making to, uh, to what's going on around the place. Um, I, I had to laugh this morning, Nick, when you were showing me that story about the uh, the White House uh, yeah. media scuffle, yeah. and uh, I just forget which media scuffle. outlet it was, but you, they used the term "actual fake news." Yeah, actual fake news. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> actual fake news as opposed to fake fake news. Yeah, I'm confused already. Please go on. Uh, no, no, that was all. <laughs> but you also showed me a, a, a spoof on that video, which was really funny. And for folks, I can't remember where that, where that was, but if you want to have a look, you may have already seen it if you're an educated listener, which you probably are. Yeah, I guess I think it came off one of those uh, American current affairs shows that just don't even bother to be serious anymore. Well, that, and that's the point, isn't it? In some ways, that's that's the thing now. Is why bother being serious when, when the serious is so laughable, actually? It is. I mean, it's it's quite telling that um, I think you know quite a number of, of media and news media in the U.S. have uh, chosen to take a, a comedy approach to the news. <laughs> Rather, I mean, it's just basically just saying, look, it's just got so silly we can't even actually report it <laughs> seriously anymore. It's just absolutely silly. Yeah. So we might as well treat it as such. Yeah. So the value systems, because this is, this is the key. I think that most people would agree one way or the other that uh, <laughs> that. We disagree, many of us, uh, on how we perceive reality now, and uh, that it makes it very difficult to come to a coherent point of view about any issue. 
in society. Yeah, as, as we often mention on the show, the whole world is going through significant change at the moment. So we're, we're moving out of a time when we were centered in a particular value system which was dominant globally. And even mm. though it wasn't the only value system in existence, it was widely accepted as being the, the main system that we all use to interact uh, or, or tried to use to interact yeah. on an international scale and a, and a personal scale mm. in Western countries at least. And um, as complexity has grown through our technology, which has connected us and increased our speed of communications and the, and the way that we communicate and also the volume of communication that we're exposed to, uh, which is one of the things that's making it seem like life is speeding up because things just happen so quickly now and we, we get to know about things instantly wherever they happen around the world. And so there seems to be much more happening, even though in, in I guess, a lot of ways there isn't all that much more happening it's just that we get to hear about it mm. instantly and, and can interact with people instantly all over the world so it's we seem much busier than we used to be but it's a factor isn't it that you talk about when it was relationship to claire w Grays's uh, work in that in this era there are more uh, layers of consciousness uh, on the planet than ever before yeah, so according to Graves' understanding of human values, uh, when we emerged uh, you know, a couple of hundred thousand years ago as, as Homo sapiens, as this new species, we were certainly coexisting back then with other uh, hominids who were of similar makeup to us, but, mm. but not actually classified as, as human. Uh, and uh, since then, we've been through a time where Homo sapiens became dominant and, all, and these other species that were somewhat similar to us and, and may have been our um, evolutionary predecessors, mm. uh, they kind of died out and we became dominant and for a couple of hundred thousand years all of Homo sapiens ex- coexisted according to a, a single value set which I was just reading an article um, yeah. earlier this morning saying interestingly that that was really the exception rather than the rule like yes. for most of the time on the planet there's been great diversity uh in terms of humans or human-like species mm-hmm. and for those couple hundred thousand years we had pretty much a single value set which was really mostly just fairly simple and centered around how do we survive yeah um and in the last fifty thousand years ago uh, or so we've seen the emergence of another five different value sets and really calling them value sets is a, is a mm. oversimplification because what we're actually talking about here are layers of consciousness, each one of which has its own underlying framework for interpreting reality. Uh, and that, that's a pretty sort of an expansive uh, description, which is hard to get your head around. Yeah. So we simplify it by just sort of narrowing it down to values and, and what each of these different layers of consciousness values in the world, uh, which is, has a big impact on uh, on how we make sense of the world and how we interact with other people. Mm. Um, so for, for simplicity's sake, that's a, an easy way to talk about it. And yeah. uh, as we go through the show this morning, you know, I'll, I'll unpack some of those different value sets mm. and just talk in very simple terms about how they interpret the world, how they see the world, and hopefully that'll be useful information for understanding why there's so much diversity of opinion, diversity of behavior, uh, and confusion yeah. uh, about you yeah. know what the hell's going on in the world because yeah. uh, we're, we're hearing from so many different people who speak from these different layers of consciousness mm. and who say the world is like this or the world is like that and we need to do this or we need to do that and mm. it's all becoming very very confusing in the context of this incredible instant and um, ubiquitous uh, communication that we have mm. available to us right mm. now absolutely and it's that very complexity of course which is uh, contributing to the fact that we need to shift our dominant value system now to a more complex understanding, mm. a more complex set of values that's more expansive and inclusive so that we can bring stability again. But we're right now we're, we're entering into a period of uh, tremendous upheaval and disruption because the old value set is breaking down. It's mm. no longer able to hold us yeah. in the way that it used to. Yeah. And of course, that that, uh, that leads to that, as you're saying, that, that complexity leads to the volatility of life on Earth now, and, and the uncertainty and ambiguity, and the paradox that that we all experience in one way or the other. I would suggest. I mean, if you if you disagree, folks, please 
text in 0437 and say whatever you want to say and contribute to the conversation in any way that you'd like. But I would suggest that, you know, as you're saying, as we receive information about any given event, any given uh, issue that's occurring on the planet, um, we align ourselves to what we what we what feels comfortable, I guess, what, what we believe to be the truth, what, we th- what we've uh, believed before, what, what makes us uh, feel safer and, and more secure in where we are. And yet that doesn't really serve the ongoing, um, the ongoing uh, need to, to transform and to, to evolve beyond where we are into something greater in, within this complex environment of life on Earth in this, in, at this time. Yeah, it's very. It's a tricky situation it's indeed. It's a tricky situation. And, uh, it's. It's. I think you know. Claire Graves called it um, a momentous leap in consciousness yeah. that, that we're that we're moving towards and facing, and and which some people, of course, have already gone through. Which is why he was able to document it in his research back in the nineteen fifties and, mm. and early sixties. He found some people who'd already made this big leap in consciousness, which had been driven by a certain level of complexity in their life conditions. Uh, and uh, our mainstream society, of course, is is moving towards that big leap in consciousness, mm-hmm. and we're going to see a critical mass of people uh, making that big shift over the next few decades. Mm-hmm. It's hard to put a, an exact time span on it, but certainly mm-hmm. the next few decades is a reasonable description mm-hmm. of, the, of the time frame. Uh, and uh, in preparation for that, um, we ought to expect considerable disruption because it's that uh, slingshot effect that we often talk about, yeah. that tension. Uh, like pulling back the elastic band on a slingshot, which is actually required to to power the change. Mm-hmm. You know, and without that potential energy being built up, then the change won't occur. Mm. I mean, it occurs to me straight away that what actually people can do, because I, I know in this region here, which we would call a very layer six region, the Byron Shire and Northern Rivers in New Certainly South Wales. progressive region, yeah. Progressive region, uh, that you know, people... You know, in, in their personal lives, I, I experience really don't know exactly how to approach life now easily. Like people tend to go back to simplicity, which is not a bad thing. In fact, it's probably a good thing to go back to a simple, simple life in some ways, as long as you, your general life conditions enable you to be able to encompass a, a bigger picture. But to live, live simply. But on a psychological level, it would seem very difficult to manage this complexity within ourselves. I'm just wondering, as a brief aside before we sort of launch into each, uh, each layer a little bit and look at the value systems of each one, um, what people can actually do? What would, what would you suggest that people do? Well, he's got a smile on his face. I like a, that. It's know, always good when he's got a smile on his face. This is the great challenge. Because <laughs> yeah. of the diversity of value sets, it's for everybody. you can't come out and say, here's what you should yeah. do. All meditate, everybody breathe you know, now. You, you everybody have to, take we, a holiday. We have to start speaking specifically to the different value sets and say, you know, if this is a <laughs> good description of where you're at in life and if mm. these are the values, values or the, the challenges yes. that you're facing you know then here's what might be useful for you (laughs) but we can't come out and give a blanket piece of advice and that's one of the difficulties that our our leaders are facing in the world at the moment is a they don't understand the context you know the the situation that they're dealing with Mm. and b you can't offer any single solution to mm. such a diverse set of people. That's a very good blanket piece of advice you've just got there. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> oh dear. So let's look at some of the, the, the systems that uh, have existed on the planet and still exist, in fact, on the planet and the value systems which they represent and see where perhaps you identify with these uh, yourself. Because as we are always saying, remember that uh, no one is sort of situated just in one layer of uh, consciousness we, we tend to span you know, two or three layers of consciousness within our being yeah what we might do is i might just give a, a mm. sort of a general leading description and then maybe we'll uh, we'll take a break and play some music yeah. and then come back and look at the detail yes. of each of the value systems but um one of the the first things to understand is that what we're calling these value sets or value systems are really a surface level representation of a much deeper difference uh, in each uh, individual layer of consciousness. And that, that difference is um, a framework for making sense of reality. Mm. So, you know, it, it comes down to uh, the sensory input that we're receiving and then how our total system, you know, not just our psychology, but our, our sensory input uh, 
apparatus mm. and you know all of the the the, uh, the makeup of our whole um, central nervous system uh, our body chemistry our neural networks a whole bunch of things how that that whole system is operating to help us put together of a, a picture of mm. and an understanding of what's happening around us in the world and then guide us in some way to take action that's going to support our well-being you know, and that well-being is, is of course, a, a large spectrum of, uh, mm. of topics that ranges from survival at one end through to, you know, uh, luxurious enjoyment perhaps at the other end uh, and everything in between. So, you know, how, how do we... I'm just going to stick with the luxurious enjoyment, I think. <laughs> I knew that, I knew good to me. I'm going to go there. Uh, you know, <laughs> how do we as a being take all of the input that we have and then process it mm. both at a subconscious and a conscious level uh, and come up with uh, you know some guidance system and a set of skills that allows us to be who we want to be in the world and fulfill whatever mm. our path is you know mm. in in this life um, and that's it's it's a massive vast topic and the only way that you can really address a massive topic like that is to kind of chunk it down into little bits and make it as simple as possible without actually dumbing it down too much so it's no longer valuable mm. Uh, and so that's what we're going to do. Um, and each one of these sequential value sets that we'll talk about, and again, these value sets are drawn from the research of Dr. Claire W. Graves, uh, who is uh, one of our, our main sources on this show, Future Sense. And each one uh, is a layer that uh, arises sequentially. So we start off when we're born, coming into the world with a very basic survival uh, framework. You know, which allows us to know how to eat and and, and how to yeah. sleep and, and when those things are appropriate. And then, as we grow, as we experience the world, and we take that information and we grow biologically, uh, then we develop new layers that yeah. appear over the top of the existing layer. So it's a nested arrangement, and each new layer brings an expansion of our capacity to sense things and to process information to make sense of that information in in a way that's going to be useful or us useful for us as we grow through that particular yeah. phase of our life. And then, depending on the complexity of the challenges that we're facing in life. Um, we will grow through an appropriate number of stages so we try and balance out our capacity to cope with the challenges mm. life throws at us uh, and to you know be in a place of stability uh, and uh, and when that the complexity of those life conditions changes as it is right at the moment right across the whole world then um, the systems that we have come into this world with are amazingly adaptable and they allow us to sense at a subconscious level that the complexity is changing and then that triggers a transformational change inside of us whereby we can grow we can expand our sensory perception and we can expand our our capacities to cope yeah. so it's i mean it's a it's a miracle really it's, it's a, a miracle it's a miracle and a mystery it's, ex- it's actually exciting it's a, it's a wonderful way to view things i think and and it's also just it's also the case too that on the microcosmic level that actually occurs in a sense, in every individual life from birth through childhood into adolescence and so forth, doesn't that that progress we, to a degree, does. up to a point? It does, and you know, you could even break it down uh, to to uh, you know, sort of a, a microcosmic level and look at cells and how each individual yeah, right. cell w- would also mm-hmm. be going through that mm-hmm. same adaptive mm-hmm. process, which is it's really a quality of consciousness. Mm. Yeah, we are stars. We are made of stars, and we are moving back towards the stars. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. Yeah, you should have FM 999 here on Future Sense with Steve and Nick. And uh, just, uh, I mentioned me Armitage before, who uh, won an award at the uh, Community Broadcasting Association over the weekend or Friday night, I think it was, and uh, well done to her. And that was for excellence in journalism. It was for her reporting, travelling to Bowen to report there on what locals uh, think of the proposed the Dani Carmichael coal mine project and the protesters who are camped there. And Bay FM listeners were the first in the country to hear directly from Bowen locals on the issue. Uh, They are afraid to speak up. Yes, indeed. Uh, You are... um, Congratulations to you. Mia, and uh, we're, we're talking about values because all these uh, all these issues, uh, in one sense, could be teased out and shown uh, 
how our different value systems clash and how it's very difficult for us to understand and to take action even uh, uh, with those values. So um, Steve's going to start to expand a little bit about those different value systems and how uh, how we uh, have difficulty talking to each other really with regards to all sorts of issues, personal to political. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I guess, you know, let's start at the very beginning when we come into the world and uh, we, depending on... On I, I, you know what your understanding of spirituality and reality is. You might have differing opinions on on uh, how that process happens, mm. but I think we can probably all agree that we come into this world from another dimension. I mean, and, and whether dimension is simply existing inside the mother's womb, which is a water-filled environment, you know, where we have a very different experience of, mm. of being alive, mm. uh, and uh, we, we come out of that into, uh, you know, I guess uh, through a process of, of shock, really, you know, yeah. a shocking change happens, and we Absolutely. get exposed to this very different environment where we're out in the open air, and we no longer have the warmth and comfort of the womb, and uh, some guys slapping us on the butt probably um, <laughs> and we have to start breathing and all that kind of thing you know it's it's a radical change um, and then we have we, we're faced with this question you know how do I survive in this strange world mm. what do I have to do and uh, there seem to be coded patterns that we're brought into the world with that guide the way that we experiment with how to survive in the world and one of those patterns that plays out in this value set that Claire Gray's found in his research is like a swinging pendulum that takes us from b- trying to be an individual in the world mm. and to change the world to fit with how we need it to be and the other side of the pendulum swing which is trying to be part of a community in the world and trying to adapt ourselves to fit with what that community yeah. in the world requires of us. Yes. Um, so that sort of, and, and those are very masculine and feminine themes. You know, the the mm. individuating, change the world theme is, is a masculine theme, uh, and the communal, how do I change myself to adapt theme is a very feminine theme. And uh, whether we're a man or a woman, we still swing like a pendulum between mm. those two extremes. Mm. And what we find is that when we're swinging in one direction, it will succeed for a while and we'll be able to solve our challenges of life. But inevitably, like any pendulum, it reaches the, the limit of its swing and there are forces which are propelling it back in the other direction. And so we get propelled back in the other direction. Mm. And uh, that shows up in life as problems which start to arise because of the individuation and individual approach to life yeah. uh, one being loneliness and isolation of mm. course uh, and that's part of the the um, impetus for us to move back in the other direction and go to the other side of the pendulum swing so where we seem to be coded with this pattern mm. and that pattern plays out according to the various value sets that we live by so the yes. first value set uh, is is a basic survival value set which at a species level looks like hunter-gatherer existence at an individual level it looks like us being a, a, an infant uh, and uh, life is mostly uh, automatic responses to stimuli um, just as a, a baby simply responds to being hungry to being hot cold and those sorts of things and uh, we don't have a lot of good evidence particularly in Claire Graves's you know work you know he hasn't gone into to great lengths of documenting this basic survival level uh, for a number of reasons firstly because those people who are who are in that uh, simple response to stimulus kind of existence aren't likely to document it right and it's hard to actually interview them and get data on that and there's um, not many people uh, uh, arguably not many people left in that situation although no that's right in some and ways that is also true that there are some people i guess on the sort of um on the streets perhaps uh, who are on that level or have been you know pushed back by life circumstances to that level of existence again yeah that's true and uh it seems from as far as we, we know from Claire Graves' work and his understanding was it seems that this equates to uh, existence when we were hunter-gatherers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a long time ago. Um, and uh, because this is a very pre-rational, responsive, automatic way of living, uh, it doesn't involve uh, any complex operation of the rational mind and yeah. it's only that through that complex operation of the rational mind that we've come to the point of wanting to explain through language and document in writing our experience and, and so it's it's problematic uh, that we haven't uh, 
been able to sort of put a lot of detail around that. But I think everybody just will get the general idea of, of being simply responsive in a rather automatic way to what happens to us in life Yes. Uh, and living very much in the moment. Mm. And um, what uh, Graves speculated that what arose out of that hunter-gatherer existence at a species level was an issue of uh, feeling unsafe in a very strange world where weird things happen, you know, giant sort of flashes of light come out of the sky and make trees catch on fire and you know, wild animals chase you and all those sorts of things. And, and sooner or later we started to figure that if we gather together in larger groups and uh, the, this is the pendulum swinging back to that communal side of the uh, of the swing. Safety um, in numbers. There's a safety in numbers. Mm. Safety in numbers, right? So, so and, and we worked out probably through experimentation that if we gathered together in larger groups, then it made life easier. And so the second value set that arose, which we do have some, some detail around, is... Uh, what Graves called a tribal or subsistence level set of values, which we see emerging um, as young children when we start to have the capacity to understand the family structure and and start to be able to communicate more effectively with the other members of our family and you know uh, operate in a in a family way. Uh, and at this second level of values, uh, and you know that's not to say even though it's something that we go through as small children, um, we have to remember that all of these um, value sets are nested inside each other so at various times even as adults sometimes our life conditions can stimulate us in certain ways that we will flip back or spiral back down to some of these uh, earlier value sets and and behave according to them so it's it's uh, not something that you don't see in adult behavior you certainly do see it from time to time Mm. Uh, so this um, second level tribal family value set means that we mostly interpret the world with reference to our close personal relationships within a relatively small group of immediate contacts. Uh, And and so we're looking to those people who we have uh, close family-like relationships with, and we're looking at the way that they're responding. We're noticing whether they're happy, whether they're sad, whether they're alarmed, whether they're comfortable and Mm. relaxed. And then that guides our own way of interacting and responding to the world. Um, and, and if we see that our whole family is excited about something, then we're probably going to get excited too. And so, um, you know, there's that transference of uh, interpretation and, and behavior that happens at that fairly simple value set, the second value set. And the interesting thing is that uh, we, we tend to be very suspicious and untrustworthy of anybody who doesn't belong to that immediate family group that we identify with and it might not be our literal blood family group but it will be you know this immediate group of people around us who we know well and we trust and we use as guides uh, to guide the way that we are personally responding to the world and behaving in the world Um, in extreme cases if we look at some uh, traditional tribal civilizations you'll find that people outside that immediate reference group, that tribal reference group, sometimes even re- not, are not regarded as human. So they're not extended you know, basic human rights because we don't identify with them at all. Uh, and um, and you know, it's, it's tempting in progressive uh, new age society to uh, romanticize some of these tribal uh, civilizations. But the, the reality is if you actually had the opportunity to go visit the interview, you would find that some of their behaviours are actually quite alarming in the way that they uh, are sometimes unable to treat people outside their tribal reference group uh, in accordance with basic human rights. I mean, you see this still, of course, in in many Western democracies, particularly, of course, in the US, but I'm sure here too, in small communities, which are, you know, solidly within themselves, within their own family and, and small town structures and belief system. Yep. And uh, people outside of that who look different, seem different, think differently, are really alien, completely alien to them. That's right, mm. yeah. And you'll even find it in... Uh in some sort of religious cults as yep. well where you develop that really strong family kind of bonding process and anybody yes. who doesn't belong to, to your particular cult is regarded with great suspicion as, mm. as being an outsider and an alien uh, also. Yeah. So so this is a, it's a very simplistic value set. You know, it relies on a very simplistic process of really vibing off the people that you trust around you mm. in that close family or tribal unit. Uh, and using their responses to life to guide your own response to life. Mm. Uh, and in that way, 
the, the tribe or the family can be um, fairly easily influenced by an occurrence or you know some sort of challenge that's thrown up because they'll mm. often vibe off each other to come up with a collective response and yeah. you know collective behaviors mm. yeah mm. interesting very interesting um, and as the uh, as these values play out um, you know there we, we develop uh, accepted customs taboos and, and so they're, they're, you know, we lay down a sort of a bed of accepted practices. So it's not all just about instantly vibing off the people around us. Uh, as, it, as it becomes more established, then, then there are set yeah, customs. Evolve over time, obviously. That, yeah. that evolve you know, mm. and, and uh, provide more solidity and process to, to that tribal existence. Yeah. 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 For all of you out there, strangers in a strange land, you're grokking future sense here on Bay FM. You are tuned now to Future Sense with myself, Nick Jeans, and Steve McDonald, and we're going through the systems, the value systems uh, of um, uh, related to Claire W. Graves' work. Steve? Yeah, so we're talking about how strange the world is and how we uh, cope and what the, the underlying frameworks of reality are that we grow through as individuals in life that, that help shape the way that we interact with the world and the yeah. way we sense the world and, and uh, determine how we should behave. And we've just been talking about the first two value sets, uh, which are very basic, automatic, hunter-gatherer type value set, uh, which is really just about responding to stimuli and and, uh, resolving the the feelings and urges that we have. And then the second value set, which is layered over the top of the first one in a nested arrangement, which is a family or tribal or subsistence style value set, which is where we live life with uh, primary reference to those who, who are around us in an immediate sense as our family or our tribe looking at how they deal with problems in the world how they're responding to the world in the moment and then using that as a guide to shape our own behavior and what happens when we live that family way as we all know those of us who uh, who are sort of 12 years older or older is sooner or later it becomes it starts to feel a bit smothering and again this is a factor of this pendulum swing that happens so with each one of these value sets we're either swinging towards individuality or community and the first time to gather a survival thing is an individual kind of a value set the second family tribal is obviously a communal value set and that pendulum eventually swings too far and we start to feel like it's too much and we're, we're too smothered by being in a group and we want to be individual again mm. and and often you know for kids this shows up as like being sick of having to follow the family rules mm. feeling like we can't actually be who we need to be you know we lack a whack freedom uh, that usually makes us angry and we want to bust out of that that arrangement and we want to go do our own thing okay which is the pendulum swinging back towards the individual side and uh, on a larger scale in society, this plays out as people busting out of the tribal boundaries and projecting their power uh, into other areas and, and over other people, power mm. over other people. And, and Claire Graves called this third value set egocentric, and it's, it's kind of a martial way of living where we mm. really rely on our personal power. And a big part of, of this value set is us finding out what power we have, right? So the, and the only way we can do that is to express the power to see what an impact we can have on the world and on other people and so in this third value set we interpret the world with reference to power and the relative power of the people that we're interacting with who, who's the most powerful here and therefore who can have the most influence who can be in charge who can control uh, the world and make the world you know according mm. to the way they want it to be um, and where do we sit in that power hierarchy mm. um, and of course, the only way that we can really find out where we sit in the power hierarchy is to express our power, okay? Is to go and be powerful, have power over others, and see where that gets us. You know, can we get to the top of the stack? Uh, and in the in the diagrams, um, in a lot of the books that have been written about Graves' work, you know, this is this uh, kind of value set is portrayed in a very hierarchical way, with a big star. Uh, you know, everybody's represented by a star, and like the biggest, brightest star is at the top of the stack. And uh, there's a whole lot of other little stars in the in the row below that are just waiting for that big star to fall off the top so they can get up there, or they're figuring out a way to try and <laughs> undercut that big star and knock it off. 
uh, so they can get up to the top of the stack. And so that's the kind of social dynamic that we see playing out. Mm. Very simplistic. It's very much in the moment also. Um, and these first three value sets that we've mentioned so far all occupy what I call the pre-rational zone in the human value spectrum. So they're operating in a place that's not dominated by the rational mind, that's mostly responsive to the present moment and what we're feeling in the present moment, yeah. our compulsions, our urges, our instincts, our needs and wants. Uh, all of these things are acted on as they arise. And, and we don't have that cause and effect kind of reasoning that emerges with the dominance of the rational mind. And I guess you see this quite often in um, <clears throat> things like gangs in modern society that group together and uh, some uh, a leader takes uh, is that big star and uh, has the, the little stars beneath them and there's yeah. uh, often a sort of contestation for the for that uh, that top spot but that that immediate need of let's just do this because we want this now irrespective of the effect that they may have yeah so exa- we see exactly this, yeah. you know gangs are a good example and mm. it's also a good opportunity just to reflect on the fact that these value sets are nested inside each other yeah. right so if you look at a gang which might be dominated by this power oriented martial egocentric value mm. set the third value set you still see the family dynamic there yeah. right so so the gang is tight it's got that family feeling yeah brothers and, brothers it, and, and it's also underpinned by the survival issue at the very basis of it yeah. you know we, we've gathered together is in this gang because we need to survive we're tight like a family and we're strong you know yeah. and we have power over you because yeah. we're the best and strongest gang in the area yeah. okay so you better do it give us what we want and do what we, t- we say yeah. right um, and, and of course um, you still see even though this is one of the, the more basic value sets uh, in the human spectrum, you still see this value set dominating large uh, groups of society in various places in the world where power is right, you know, and, and even some of the so-called most civilized nations in the world sometimes spiral back down to this might is right kind of thinking, and we even see it in, in some of Donald Trump's tweets. It's like my button is bigger than your button, so you better watch out or I'll push it and fire my missile at yours. And, and my missile's bigger than yours, you know, so you ought to be worried. And I guess also in boardrooms, in various boardrooms, the same sort of uh, figure occurs. Yes, mm. yes. And, and um, the emergence, you know, the, the, uh, the wheeling out of this value set is often a response to a challenge or pressure, mm. okay? And, and as Claire Graves wrote, it all comes back to life conditions and how you're perceiving your life conditions. And if, if you're starting to feel pressured, then often you'll sink down the value stack to some of these more primal survival-oriented uh, values. Mm. Um, and the more pressure you're under and the more threat you're under, then the more likely you are to, to you know, wheel out this third value set and say, well, you know, I don't care what your logic is. If you don't stop harassing me, I'm going to punch you, you know, so, which is just reverting to a, mm. a, simple, a simple power struggle. That's kind of what Trump did in that press, uh, the press um, situation in the last week with yeah. the reporter. It's a very common thing. Mm. And uh, I, I guess another... Uh, important aspect of these value sets and their existence is that in a healthy society you have ways of exercising these values that you know don't uh, impose unnecessarily on on other people's freedoms and so one of the ways that we do that in in western society is through sport right um, and uh, you can get out on the sporting field. You can exercise your power, uh, you know, in terms of like your physical strength and physical ability and those sorts of things, and have power over others within a rule set, uh, of course. Um, but these these opportunities, such as sport, provide us with ways of of exercising and expressing these uh, lower order simplistic values uh, in in ways that we can. Uh, maintain you know a healthy society you know instead of doing it in an unhealthy unhealthy way where people get uh, get unnecessarily injured even though that happens in sports sometimes it's not the idea yeah you're resonating right now on future sense with steve mcdonald and nick jeans yeah you tuned about him 999 here's 1018 on future sense with nick and steve coming up at 11 o'clock pregnancy birth and beyond Steve, we're going through the, the layers. We're up to layer four, which is... We're up uh, to layer four, yeah. So um, with, the, with the completion of three, we're moving out of this pre-rational zone, as we were saying uh, earlier mm. on, where life has primarily been very much in the moment and where we've been very responsive to our urges, instincts and, and needs in, in the moment rather than sort of going through a rational process of thinking about cause and effect. Mm. And um, in a developmental sense, the difference between layer three and layer four 
uh, is the development of the frontal lobes in the brain which bring that uh, dominance of the rational mind, that capacity to moderate our urges and instincts and uh, to start to comprehend cause and effect and work with cause and effect. Think of the mid-teens years, I guess. Yeah, um, I think, you know, it's it's probably slightly different for every individual and it also depends on life conditions as well. But yeah. as a general rule, I think they say, you know, by around about the age of 25, our frontal lobe development develop, fully is, developed is complete. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm sure that happens earlier and later for, for some and other people. Yeah. Um, so uh, bearing in mind now that as we grow through these layers, what's actually happening is our our capacity to feel and to sense uh, and to know is expanding every time. Every time we're, we're moving from one layer to the next, that's underpinned by an expansion of our sensory capacity, our, our you know capacity to pick up information from our surroundings, from other people. Um, to process that information in more complex ways and build a, a more complex picture of the world around us and, yes. and the options that we have in interacting with it. And so the first rational uh, value set in this next zone, the fourth layer, uh, really um, is a, its emergence is accompanied by a growing awareness of the impact of our behaviour on others. So when we're living in this rather wild and power-oriented way in the third layer, we're having obviously having an impact on the people around us who are, you know, we're putting power over and uh, possibly even being physically violent to in, in some settings. Mm. Uh, and then our personal expansion means that we start to get a sense of the impact of what we're doing. Okay, so and this is the emergence of that cause and effect understanding. Is a sort of certain beginning of empathy, then I guess you could argue. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. and it's it, you know it's not just a rational cause and effect understanding; it's also a feeling. Yeah. you know, the capacity to feel the impact of what we're doing yeah. uh, on other people, and uh, and that involves uh, some kind of energetic transformation. And Claire Graves didn't write about uh, the the energetic makeup, and I'm talking now about subtle energy fields in the body at all but what i've been doing is cross-referencing his work to other bodies of knowledge and it seems to correlate with a kind of heart opening that occurs Mm. between this third and fourth layer as the fourth layer is emerging where we get the capacity to relate one-on-one with another person so so with the second person um in a heart-centered way and if you look at all the, the the stories and mythology that have been built around this fourth layer of values, which equates to like the the agricultural kings and queens empire kind mm. of um, kind of world. Mm. Uh, then there's this um, image of like the noble person, the yeah. noble man, right? This yeah. this person who has evolved to the point where they can have compassion towards others, yeah. and this is something new in human existence. Um, that's sort of been at the centre of our mythology around that. So at the fourth layer, we we start to interpret the world in a logical, rath- rational way and in combination with our expanded sensory capacity and our expanded capacity to feel and relate to each other. To each other. And we start to uh, look for a set of rules to live by, a logical set of rules. And we tend to uh, sort of grab onto whatever seems to be the most appropriate or most available set of rules. And it's important to understand that these rules are, are not rules that we've devised they're someone else's rules because this this is a, an authoritarian kind of a value set you know so we're looking for a higher authority um is that your phone going ding there yeah, when it did go ding and i turned it off yeah right i do apologize for that but it, it just shows that there's action happening everywhere is, here is, there's engagement occurring right. which is a very good thing I, I, and nick's got this app every time he and i come up with a bright idea his phone goes ding yeah so you've heard it probably 20 or 30 times <laughs> actually right. not so much today we're, we're trying we're, to silence it we're yeah. having trouble <laughs> Um, so we're looking for a rule set, and um, and often in history this rule set has been provided by a religion. Mm. Okay, and the characteristic of typically the characteristic of the rule set is that the rules aren't yours; they aren't mine. There, they've come from a higher mm. authority, and therefore they can't be questioned. They must be obeyed. Okay, uh, and and interestingly, I think we heard a news item uh, in the in the news that we played earlier about somebody who was talking from this rule set. Yeah, where, right where there's a set of rules, there are rules that are given to us by a higher authority, 
they must be obeyed. You can't question them. They're unquestionable, okay? Mm. Uh, they're beyond reproach. They are brought down from the mountain, after all. Exactly. Tablets from thousands of years ago, they must be true. And we, we are not worthy to change the rules. Mm. That's okay? right. It's, it's something beyond us. And there's a, there's a real chicken and egg paradox right there because you've got to think, okay, well, actually, who wrote those rules down? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we won't go there. Yeah. But, um, but the rules tell us uh, how to deal with life's challenges. And, and they give us some, you know, very basic things. So do this, don't do that. Mm. Um, you know, be good to your mother, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and they lay out in very black and white terms what's right and what's wrong. So the thinking according to this th- this fourth uh, value set tends to be very linear. There's only one path that you can mm. follow, and that path is according to the rules that you've been given, right? And the, the immediate problem which can arise there, as, as some of our listeners might be figuring out, is that people get given different sets of rules. And so you can end up with conflict between people who are abiding by this same layer of values but are actually following different rules. Thus the uh, hundreds of thousands of years conflict between the, the great religions, for yeah, example. Yeah, exactly, course. exactly. And, and uh, in fact, you know, just what our Prime Minister's been promoting in the media recently where he's been saying this is the greatest threat to our values is this you know, group of people who have a different set of rules. Uh, and, uh, and so you can see how prominent this fourth uh, layer of values is still in, in modern society it's quite, it's quite prominent you know, there's a very large segment of, of middle America for example which still lives life according to this, this fourth layer it's interesting too just as an aside or it's not really an aside but the, this notion of, of this layer means that you're really abdicating uh, responsibility for your own actions essentially you're giving it over to this to this set of rules somewhere so you know, and, and in, in uh, particularly in the Roman Catholic Church, for example, you can do what the hell you like as long as you go to confession and confess to the to the Lord in the box. It certainly seems that way, doesn't it? C- certainly seems that way. Yeah, um, yeah. So our our radar, you know, our, our way of figuring out how to operate in the world is is first and foremost by referencing the rule set and then asking ourselves, okay, uh, here's a challenge that I'm being thrown up. What do the rules say about how I should behave in relation to this challenge? Or if mm. we're looking at other people. Are those people abiding by the rules or not? Okay, and it's this this set of values arose really as a, a large um, in, in large proportion as a result to the agricultural revolution, which allowed us to produce large amounts of food, which meant that we didn't have to spend our day either gathering food or growing subsistence, subsistence crops, and so we we could start to live together in large towns and cities. Uh, quite complex societies grew up very quickly and uh, created very complex living conditions and the only way that we could cope within those complex living conditions was to have a simple set of rules that everybody could follow yeah. okay so you could see how they were quite useful at a certain time in history yeah. just give everybody these simple rules make sure that they follow them everything's going to be cool mm. and so um, it became very simple uh, in terms of figuring out whether people were, in inverted commas, good or bad. You simply had to see, are they following the rules or not? Okay, If they're not following the rules, they're bad people. Therefore, they should be punished or maybe we should kill them. Burnt or, at the stake. Or kick them out of our, our uh, society in some way. Uh, so very black and white with, with no real grey area. And, and we still, as you uh, inferred, we still see that kind of thinking in many of our religious structures today, which which were built on this fourth layer of values and in some cases haven't evolved beyond that. Yeah. Uh, and therefore the, the rule sets that they offer don't really cater for many of the very, very complex problems that we face in modern society. Um, but in a certain uh, context, this way of living is very, very useful and very valuable. Right. That was another brilliant idea I just had. I, I know, yeah. it's keep oh. going off. I, I'm, I'm getting distracted by all the noise. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you want to take a break to see if we can figure out how to quieten your phone down? I put it on mute, but it just keeps on coming through. So what can I do? No, it's all right. If I, now let's go to layer five before we take a break. All right, all mm. right. That's, um, where we, that's the dominant layer still on the planet at the yeah. moment, and we see the effects of that. And it is, and this this fourth layer again is a communal value set. So just remembering that we've got this pendulum swinging backwards and forwards between individual approaches to life and communal approaches to life and uh, the authoritarian agricultural value set is very much a communal value set and so it's also um, worth reflecting on the fact that it's very much like the tribal value yeah. set the second but it's a more complex version of it where that, that's the thing isn't it that, that as we go up 
uh, on each side of the of the pendulum swing. Yes, it becomes more complex, but there are resonances with the previous layers. There are harmonics. Layers, harmonics. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's exactly right. And so each successive value set allows us to solve more complex challenges mm. in life and live in more complex ways and more complex settings. And uh, like all of the communal value sets, what happens is over time, uh, new problems arise as a result of the complexity of living uh, and uh, we can't solve them from the same level of thinking and uh, people become uh, frustrated in this case, uh, particularly in reference to the fourth value set, people become frustrated by the rigidity of life. Uh, we, We see that, you know, in the more modern world is bureaucracy. Um, where there's just rigid value, rigid rule sets that mm. can't be broken, and sometimes the the rules don't exactly fit the problem. You know, we, we've got these new problems here, and they lie actually in between this rule and that rule, and so it doesn't matter which rule we follow; it's not going to solve. The well, problem. let's make more rules. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, more regulations, more rules. Sometimes it, it is covers what that happens. That, that's that right, and, and, and that's the immediate response. Yeah, you know, that by, is it. By the exactly. Player. Yeah, but eventually, what happens is the frustration drives us into a process of change where we go into that slingshot effect where the tension grows and grows and grows and eventually the tension is so high that it becomes transformative. It's like being in the alchemist's furnace. We start to transform uh, our being in, in all respects, and you know, even from our body chemistry to our neural networks uh, mm. and, and everything that that impacts. And we get the emergence of the, the next layer of values, which is going to be individualistic again, yeah. because we're, we're swinging back to the other side of the pendulum. And, and this fifth layer is what we know is, as the modern values. So uh, Claire Graves called it multiplistic because it's going from a very linear, singular path and, and way of thinking in the authoritarian fourth layer to all of a sudden we can actually look at multiple options and choose which is the best option instead of having to follow a single path and a single set of rules. Mm-hmm. And um, in the fourth layer, as we said, the rules come from the rules for living come from the higher authority, which was often God. Uh, and in the fifth layer, we start to think that we can make up our own rules. In fact, that we have to make up our own rules because if we don't make up our own rules, the old rules just aren't going to cut it and, and we're not going to be able to live successfully, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so uh, through a process of experimentation, we start to look at well, what happens if we break that rule, okay? And it's this is a really important mm. uh, fact about this modern rule set um, that it starts out by breaking the old rules, and uh, <laughs> we're <laughs> just laughing because Nick's trying to find a place in the studio where he can put his phone where it's not going to be making that noise. But it's pretty hard inside a, a studio to find a place where the sound doesn't carry. Um, so yes, we're we're we're, we're, it's been we're, we're, we're breaking it's, it's, the rules. Yeah, well that's yeah, right. Well, my phone is breaking the rules. We're breaking the yeah. rules, and so what happens if we break that rule? You know, and through a process of experimentation, we started to learn that. Well, actually, you know, we can break the rules, or we can bend them, or we can just pretend that they don't exist. Uh, and then we can find better ways of doing things, and we can start to solve some of these more complex problems which are arising in the world. Uh, by doing what we think we need to do and having the freedom to do that, which is a very individualistic thing. And you can see how science, what we know as modern-day science, emerged out of this way of thinking. It was a process of experimenting, of of working out, okay, we've got a a problem we want to solve, and we're going to figure out maybe a few possibilities of how we might solve it, and we're going to test each one of them to see which one works the best, and then we're going to go with that particular solution to be successful. Yeah. From, a, from an individual mindset. Um, and one of the things we've also working, we are working out around this time, and again, this comes from our expanded capacity to sense, and particularly to sense how other people are operating, how other people are thinking, and how other people are perceiving us, is that the perception that other people have of us has an impact on our capacity to be successful, right? So if the people around us think mm. that we're successful, then we're actually likely to be more successful. Okay, So we start to experiment with projecting different images to the world. Whereas previously, it really wasn't a big factor in how we lived life. Yes. But suddenly in this fifth layer, who we are being seen to be in the world 
uh, becomes more important. Oh, that's fascinating, actually, yeah. isn't it? That's the yeah. whole rise of the entertainment industry, for example, and the it whole is. idea and of image and marketing and yeah. everything. Oh, and, and if you look backwards at the, the odd-numbered value sets, like you'll mm. find this to an extent in the power-oriented third mm. layer, right? Because being powerful also requires you to be seen as powerful. Yeah. So there's a you know there's an early emergence of that. Yeah, kind I guess of who's got the, here, but the best suit of armor, so to speak, yeah. and the sharpest sword and but, so forth. But here we are, like two layers ahead. We're operating in more complex ways. We're more perceptive in terms of uh, picking up on other people's thinking and other people's processes, mm. and we're starting to get quite sophisticated in our approach to, uh, let's say, manipulating our image uh, in the eyes of others. And, uh, and as you just said, you know, we've, we have whole industries that have grown up around that concept mm. of creating an image and projecting a particular image which may or may not reflect uh, our actual capacity to perform in the world, you know, yeah. our, our actual capacity to be what the image suggests that we or, are. And certainly may not reflect who we actually are, so to speak, too. Yeah, e- exactly. Mm. Uh, inevitably, you know, inevitably there's going to be a gap between that image that's projected and how people perceive the image yeah. and then how, how we actually live life and how people perceive the way that we behave and uh, and where we are is it the, is it the case what is it a case <laughs> strange technical issues here this morning um, and and at, right at the moment we are the world is in the final stages of this fifth layer this multiplistic multiplistic set of values and, uh, and so the pendulum is swinging to an extreme and what we're seeing is that living life according to this set of values is actually creating problems that we can't solve with the same value set mm-hmm. and this is the, creating the tension, the pressure which is going to push that pendulum and is pushing that pendulum back in the other direction towards a communal way of living again and, and I think you know most people who listen to our show are very uh, aware, acutely aware of this tension in the world between the old uh, modern multiplistic value set which is about being individually successful and the emerging value set, which is drawing us back to the communal side of the pendulum swing. Indeed. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate and spiral up. Here on Future Sense with Nick and Steve coming up, pregnancy, birth and beyond at 11 o'clock. And we're just going to finish up on the uh, the first tier of consciousness, talking about the different layers and the value systems uh, therein. And layer six now, which is uh, the uh, layer in which the world is slowly but much faster than we think moving into as we speak. And this region is a, a good example of, uh, of a very layer six region. Steve. Yeah, one thing that's interesting too is that as we move between these value sets, uh, each value set cre- you know solves the problems from the previous value set, but it creates new ones over time. And uh, those new problems are, are really what provides the momentum and the tension to drive the movement back in the other direction, mm. whether it be towards individualistic or, or community, uh, sort of communal living. And um, there's typically a strong rejection of the previous value set in this first set of six mm. value layers in, the, in what we call the first tier of consciousness. And you can see that playing out at the moment whereby the way of living which we just discussed, this fifth layer, the multiplistic scientific industrial way, uh, is, is strongly rejected by those uh, people on the planet who are emerging into the sixth layer. You know, they can see all the problems that it's created. Um, and, and just as one little example you know this idea of projecting an image which is not necessarily a true image of of, you know what lays behind the the veil kind of thing Um, and how our expanded sensory perception our expanded understanding that comes with movement to the to the more complex value set reveals you know the faults of the previous layer of values and so you can see this growing unhappiness with the old modern scientific industrial way of doing things Mm. and and particularly its tendency to what's now seen as a a false image that it projects you know it's not real it's not transparent it's not genuine you hear that kind of language being used Uh, and and so Typically, it doesn't matter which value set you're talking about, when we're moving through one to six, we're going to strongly reject what's come before and we'll want to try and get rid of it and, and then transform the world into being this new way. Hmm. And, and you can see that playing out quite strongly now. And the sort of 
topics that arise, particularly at a personal level, uh, include loneliness. I mean, any individualistically oriented value set is going to produce a sense of loneliness to some extent because the community aspect is somewhat absent. And so that's quite strong at the moment. And even though our the technology that's been produced out of the fifth layer of values is connecting us, it's connecting us in a somewhat hollow way because we're not actually personally connected. We're just connected through a screen. Mm. Yeah, And also a, a sense of powerlessness because of the centralization of power that's happened in the fifth layer of values. Uh, we now want to redistribute that power across society. So there's a, a strong trend towards the decentralization of power also. And Claire Graves called this the, the relativistic value set, the sixth value set, because um, it's no longer centralized and everything is looked at as being relative. And we actually develop the capacity at a personal level to kind of step into someone else's shoes, even though we might not know that person, we can imagine what it's like to be in their shoes and to experience life the way that they're experiencing it. Uh, and that expanded sensory perception allows us to read others better also and to understand them more deeply. And we learn that if we start to gather, gather together with other people like us, in inverted commas, uh, and people who we can connect more deeply with, and often because they also have an expanded capacity to connect, um, then uh, we can interact with each other to develop better values, values that suit the way that we want to live, uh, and then obviously cooperate better we can avoid physical violence uh, and, and conflict and um, create a more complex life that's better for everybody provided that, and this is the writer provided that they're people like us so yeah. in other words people who share the same values mm. and, and so there's you know there's a lot of uh, paradox which is also thrown up in this value set because of what I just explained is we want to create a better world for everyone but in order to be able to work together with everyone to do that, those other people need to have the same value set as us, okay? And therein lies a great difficulty, which is gonna play out in the future of society. The, there's, a, there's a wonderful, uh, strong, positive intention there to create a better world for everyone, but not yet a deep understanding and clarity of the way that these different value sets interact. This is something that only comes with a transition to the seventh layer of values, which is the first layer in the second tier mm, of consciousness. Really difficult paradox, this it, one. It is a yeah. very difficult one, yeah. yeah. And and it's in fact the, the tension that's gonna arise as a result of that paradox, which is gonna feel this big leap in consciousness that Claire Graves documented in his research. Mm, yeah. And can often, when we're in this sixth uh, value layer, feel somewhat overwhelming because of our expanded sensory perception uh, and our capacity to feel for people who we might not even know but who we understand are living in certain life conditions and being treated certain ways we can quite literally sometimes tap into how they feel uh, and that can be overwhelming for people mm, and, uh, so there's a great uh, sense of be even beyond compassion there is a, a great empathy that evolves in this layer for others as you say who may be on the other side of the world in yes. certain conditions that we're aware of now because of the global communications network that we live within yeah mm. and you know the good thing about that is it's opening up the possibility of cooperation at a species level yeah you know when we can directly sense and know how other people feel because of their life conditions we're much, much less likely to create bad life conditions for other people. Yeah. Whereas in the fifth layer, we don't have that sensitivity. And so we're not mindful of things that happen beyond our immediate uh, you know, experience of life. Mm. And so we might be operating a business that creates a harsh set of life conditions for a certain group of people on the other side of the world, but because we're really focused on the success of that business and our more immediate surrounds and we don't have this expanded capacity to really sense how people on the other side of the world feel, um, then it's you know it's not a big factor in, a, in our decision-making process. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy to, to label those f people who are living according to the fifth layer of values as bad, um, but we have to understand that with each layer of values comes an increasing capacity to know mm. and, and the capacity to know simply isn't there um, and it's, it's just not on their radar screen, that mm. kind of stuff. You know, they're, they're, they're focused on other things, they're motivated to look at other things. Um, and so, yeah, it, you know, this being at this sixth layer can be a very difficult place to be in, particularly in this time of transition where we're still 
in a world that's dominated by an old set of values and social systems designed around that old set of values which don't provide us with the opportunities that we are really looking for to make the world a better place. Or to solve the problems that exist and in, instead of uh, seeing them in the way that you're talking about, tend to blame the previous layers, particularly the, in, in terms of layer six to layer five, all the environmental social damage. And uh, we talked earlier off air today about mental health in, yes. in the world at the moment, which because people are obviously very stressed in very many ways, individually and feeling very alone often and lonely and unable to connect. And so we have all these endemic problems across the globe. Uh, which are a result of, uh, of this, of the multiplistic uh, layer of consciousness to a degree, but which has also cr- uh, created great wonders, you could argue, and solved many of the, of the previous problems and issues of the planet, but have created this new set of problems which are now, we're, we're now facing yeah. on a global level. Yeah, and it's fair to say that each one of these values, sets, or, or layers of consciousness is perfect for a particular set of life conditions and uh, and the measure of, of those life conditions is their complexity. Mm. So for a certain level of complexity, then each one of these different layers of consciousness with its associated values works particularly well. But as soon as the, the complexity either becomes simpler mm. or more complex, then those values don't, uh, you know, they're not optimal anymore. Yeah. And so we have to shift to a different set of values to fit with the complexity. And of course, we, you know, in our discussion that we had earlier this morning, we were talking to, we were talking about this uh, so-called terror incident yes. in Melbourne. Yes. Where um, it's it's become apparent from uh, media coverage of uh, his, his uh, religious uh, imam uh, associated with the community that this man came from that uh, he was most likely mentally unwell. Mm. And, and even though uh, he apparently had an interest in ISIS and, and the war that's yeah. going on in the Middle East, uh, from the media reports, there was no direct connection yeah, or direct directly support. Aligned it, was, to it. it was just yeah. an idea that he had yeah. in his head. And yet, unfortunately, uh, our Prime Minister, in his public statement, uh, reverted to older, more simplistic value sets, uh, which revolved around power struggles and around uh, religious differences which is really unfortunate. Uh, and, you know, that kind of approach from the Prime Minister is just more likely to create problems. It's, it's not addressing the core issue here, which actually seems to be mental, mental illness and the fact that we don't have proper support systems in our society to deal with people who are suffering from mental mm. illness. Mm. And uh, similarly, too, there's been commentary about uh, this person was on a bit of a, a watch list, loosely speaking. He'd come to the attention of, uh, of the police and authorities through time, and people sort of say, well, why, why wasn't he watched? But, of course, you know, you've got to realise that there's a, a number of people who, for one reason or other, are either troubled in this way and uh, have some sort of... Uh, allegiance or interest in some of these terrorist groups, for example. Um, but there's probably many of them, hundreds of, if not thousands, and it would be impossible to have the resources for the police or other authorities to actually watch everybody in this way anyway. So it's kind of a, it's a ridiculous uh, scenario. And also the systems that we have in place at the moment aren't designed to assess and uh, provide assistance to somebody who might be suffering from mental illness. You know, they're looking from a very narrow law enforcement mindset and not actually seeing that actually this person is unwell and needs uh, medical help, right? Absolutely. Um, That's about it for the show. Just we've got one text here just quoting, saying, loving the conversation this morning makes me feel a tiny bit better and more understanding around my argument with a bouncer last Saturday night. Talk about rigid laws. (laughs) Thanks for that. Glad we could be of assistance. (laughs) That's it. We'll be back next Monday morning. Thanks for uh, bearing with us today. We had a few technical issues today, but that's okay. That's what happens. Um, And uh, have a beautiful day. Stay tuned for Pregnancy, Birth and Beyond coming up very shortly. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Yeah. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.